Good afternoon, my words by winter people. It's Alison McGee, your host. It is a pretty cold, very gray, slushy, snowy day here in the far north of our country. And we're back with another poetry snack. Poetry snacks are feature poems that are in the public domain. Today's is by Jonathan Swift. Jonathan Swift was an Anglo-Irish poet who spent much of his early life in England and then returned to Dublin where he had been born. He is widely acknowledged as the greatest prose satirist. (laughs) I don't know why that strikes me as niche, but it does. In the history of English literature. Um, He is the author most famously of A Modest Proposal, Gulliver's Travels, and A Tale of a Tub, which I had not heard of until about five minutes ago, and which honestly I picture in my mind right now as an Edward Gorey-type illustrated children's book about a tub who sails down the river and has many adventures as it goes. I'm sure I am 100% wrong on that. But you got to like that title. I mean, come on, A Tale of a Tub. Uh, his work was published in the early 1700s. And today we are going to be reading a super long poem by him <laughs> called This Day by Jonathan Swift. And here's the poem for you. Settle in, people. Like I told you, it's long. This Day by Jonathan Swift. This day, whate'er the fates decree, shall still be kept with joy by me. This day, then let us not be told that you are sick and I grown old, nor think on our approaching ills and talk of spectacles and pills. Tomorrow will be time enough to hear such mortifying stuff. Yet, since from reason may be brought a better and more pleasing thought, which can, in spite of all decays, support a few remaining days, from not the gravest of divines, except for once some serious lines. Although we now can form no more long schemes of life as heretofore, yet you, while time is running fast, can look with joy on what is past. Were future happiness and pain a mere contrivance of the brain, as atheists argue, to entice and fit their proselytes for vice, the only comfort they propose to have companions in their woes, grant this the case, yet sure tis hard that virtue styled its own reward, and by all sages understood to be the chief of human good, should acting die nor leave behind some lasting pleasure in the mind, which by remembrance will assuage grief, sickness, poverty, and age, and strongly shoot a radiant dart to shine through life's declining part. Say, Stella, feel you no content reflecting on a life well spent, your skillful hand employed to save despairing wretches from the grave, and then supporting with your store those whom you dragged from death before? 
So providence on mortals waits, preserving what it first creates. Your generous boldness to defend an innocent and absent friend, that courage which can make you just to merit humbled in the dust, the detestation you express for vice in all its glittering dress, that patience under torturing pain, where stubborn Stoics would complain, must these like empty shadows pass, or forms reflected from a glass, or mere chimeras in the mind that fly and leave no marks behind? Does not the body thrive and grow by food of twenty years ago? And had it not been still supplied, it must a thousand times have died. Then who with reason can maintain that no effects of food remain? And is not virtue in mankind the nutriment that feeds the mind, upheld by each good action past, and still continued by the last? Then who with reason can pretend that all effects of virtue end. Believe me, Stella, when you show that true contempt for things below, nor prize your life for other ends than merely to oblige your friends, your former actions claim their part and join to fortify your heart. For virtue in her daily race, like Janus, bears a double face, looks back with joy where she has gone, and therefore goes with courage on, She at your sickly couch will wait and guide you to a better state. Oh, then, whatever heaven intends, take pity on your pitying friends, nor let your ills affect your mind, to fancy they can be unkind. Me, surely me, you ought to spare, who gladly would your sufferings share, or give my scrap of life to you, and think it far beneath your due, you, to whose care so oft I owe, that I'm alive to tell you so. You know what? As I read that poem, I suddenly felt a tenderness toward the speaker and toward Stella, the person he's addressing this poem to. Because what he seems to be saying to her is that even though you might be old and scared and judgmental, all the good that you did in the past is still inside you and still influencing who you are and everyone around you, just as the food we ate 20 years ago must still be considered to be part of us somehow because our bodies were nourished by it and our bodies are still here. This is actually kind of an interesting poem. I'm going to think about it more. But in the meantime, that's it for our Poetry Snack today by Jonathan Swift, who lived and wrote his masterworks in the early 1700s. Thank you for listening. Today's poem, This Day, by our man Jonathan Swift, is in the public domain. You know how to reach us at wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. Our inbox is always awaiting your letters. (laughs) Words by Winter. Conversations, reflections, poems about the passages of life. We'll see you soon.